Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Dave. You don't usually do Craig first. Well, I would if he was here. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with Good Dave. So, Dave, what's your thing? Uh, oh, tw- YouTube.drawfee. Um, D-R-A-W-F-E-E. Like coffee, but draw instead of claw. Um, they're just there's professional digital artists that get together and do fun things. Like they'll either have user-suggested prompts, things like that. I probably have mentioned them a while back, and I used to watch their videos a lot. And I, I stopped for a while, and I think I know why. There's some kind of psychological thing. Maybe it's me personally. Maybe you've experienced this as well. But if a YouTube video is longer than 30 minutes, it's too long for me to watch. <laughs> like, it could be... 29 minutes i'll watch it 31 minutes i'll be like ah i gotta set aside time to watch um i don't know why that is if it's just me if i'm weird but anyway they used to keep it 20 to 30 minutes and now their episodes are like 40 50 minutes so i stopped watching it for a while which is a shame because they've only gotten better over the years since i lost track of them uh since i started playing final fantasy 14 again i i'm in need of having something up to just uh, keep an eye on in the background while I'm doing whatever. What, what? If I'm not doing the main story quest, then there isn't really that much I have to pay attention to in Final Fantasy XIV. So uh, I said, hey, let me. I, I, I keep getting Drawfee videos on my YouTube feed despite not having watched one in a while, and I was like, you know, I got to start throwing these on again, just kind of in the background, and really entertaining. The uh, guys and gals that run the show are. Super funny. Um, I'm definitely the Nathan of our podcast. <laughs> um, if you ever watch those guys, Mike is uh, Mike is the Jacob, and Tori is Julia. Anyway, Trophy, great stuff. They stream on Twitch and stuff too. But uh, I've just been watching their YouTube videos, and there's a ton of them. They uh, just watch whatever one you, tickles your fancy. I posted one in our Good Things channel, and was that the one where they draw each other as Disney princesses? Which one did I post? <laughs> oh no, they okay. So they they're drawing celebrities, but they draw them one layer at a time. So like they'll draw Tom Hanks's left eye and then make that layer invisible. Then draw his right eye, then make that invisible, and then like draw his mouth, and then <laughs> it's a pretty good one. Uh, they've also if you're into Pokemon, they've got like hundreds of Pokemon episodes. YouTube.tube slash Drawfee. I, I indeed am into Pokemon, and I'm very excited for November 19th. Several things are happening on November 19th, partially related to Pokemon. Isn't that Guy Fox Day? No, that's November... I've forgotten, and there was... I was told explicitly <laughs> not remember, to forget this. Remember, the 5th of November. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, that's November 5th. Thank you, Tori, for reminding me of a thing that I was explicitly told not to forget. Uh, so my good thing this week is 
a one I've done before, um, but I'm watching it again, and it's great. It's What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show. Uh, the movie is also great, but I haven't watched it again in a while. Um, it's about... I've only seen the movie. If you enjoy the movie, you'll enjoy the show. It's just, it's more of the same, but, like, with different characters. Um, is Reese Darby in the show? No. He's the werewolf leader from the movie? No, he's not. There are other werewolves. But Reese Darby was the best thing about the movie. <laughs> All right. That's I, I still think you'd enjoy the show if you enjoyed the movie. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure I would. I just... But yeah, it's... Yeah. Vampires in the modern day, except they're stuck in the past and they're like wildly incompetent, and it's fun. Um, and season three came out at some point. I haven't caught up to it. That's actually why I'm rewatching is so I can just so I can be caught up to season three. Neat. Yeah. Uh, so Tori, what's your good Dave? I also am going to do a repeat because I just finished rewatching Castlevania start to finish for the seventh time nice maybe, maybe i'll watch it at your suggestion this time yeah maybe but um yeah i love it those last two episodes of season four are just everything they're so good love it's it's an excellent series seasons three and four are both very very good but i can't help feeling every time i watch it that like the end of season two felt like more of an ending than anywhere else in the show yeah, the end of season two is amazing. After that, season three was kind of a letdown, I thought. Like, it was good. It just wasn't the end of season two good. But they made up for it at the end of season four. And, like, the cast is incredible. Like Love the cast. Holy crap, they got so many extremely big names. Like, mainstream actors who also do a lot of voice acting. So, you know. They have the name recognition and also the skills involved, as opposed to the M Super Mario Brothers movie that they just announced. Cough, oh my Chris gosh. Pratt, no, this cough. Is, this is a good thing. Don't bring that up. What did they announce? Uh, the In the latest Nintendo Direct, they announced a Super Mario Brothers movie with Mario voiced by Chris Pratt. Charles okay, Martinet. it's animated. Charles Martinet, who has voiced Mario for as long as Mario has had a voice, is also in it doing bit parts. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, Castlevania. That's probably a... Let's be real. That's a dream come true for Chris Pratt. At least his, it's a dream come true for his character in Parks and Rec. So, since you mentioned Charles Martinet, um, did I talk about the Netflix documentary about video games? I don't remember if I mentioned that. Um, high score? It's six episodes. This is so. Just add this to my good thing. Secondary good thing, you guys. Um, six episode documentary about the history of video games. It is uh, narrated by Charles Martinet, and um, I loved it. It was it was fun because um, I I have read several books about the history of video games from different perspectives uh, and different you know big names in the in in the different console. Um, companies and so I, I enjoyed it it was fun if if you've been playing video games a long time or even if you haven't you might enjoy it so that's on netflix yeah i also watched that and it was also yeah it was pretty good uh but we have more important things to get into this week like chapters eight through ten i want to say of uh yeah Bands of Morning. Yep. that sounds correct dave you're the expert here is that the right chapters Oh, I actually read chapters 8 through 10 
of Elantris. I think I goofed up, guys. That's not even the right three chapters to get like. I know. To... It's weird. We we started with Serene and ended with Rayodin. That's not the way that's supposed to go. But the diagram. So if you had read uh, Bands of Warning this week, what would your, I guess, bullet points have been? Oh, uh, well, if I had to guess, I would say Chapter 8 would go a little something like this. Steris got double dunked, but she's having fun. Some device. Next scene, Marasi finds Cane Man. He has some device and is interested in Metalborn. Return of Maladroitly. Marasi has a stupid sister, too? Next scene. Big guy out the window. Cane man overboard. Bubbly cork. Uh, yeah, we're still smack dab in the middle of this train robbery scene. Wax uh, jumps down after Steris, who recoiled herself off of the train and into a large body of water. Uh, so they're all wet. And Wax apparently noticed some device that uh, caused him to lose his metal reserves. Then we go back onto the train where Marasi finds Cane Man, and he's got like a little cube. And she's like, "Ah, oh, time to go find my stupid sister." But I don't, I don't. She doesn't have. She has a stupid sister. I mean, there's Steris, but she's a genius. No, oh, well, maybe she'll come up again later. And we got our favorite word from Mistborn Era One, maladroitly thrown back in there. I think maybe Brandon realized he overused it, so stopped using it altogether, and now. Now we we get a we get a nice little callback there, and then yeah, Wax gets back onto the train. He knocks a big guy out the window by like <laughs> one of the most Looney Tunes way possible. He ties an end of a rope to the guy's leg and then just throws the grappling sphere out the window and it latches onto a tree. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, and then that's going to be a good scene when this eventually gets turned into something an anime. Well, Arrow, we said Arrow 1 would be an anime. Arrow 1 is very anime-esque. 2 doesn't have to be an anime. Where Stormlight has big anime swords. We okay, already explained if... that uh, Stormlight is Roger Rabbit rules. I was going to say, if Arrow 2 is not anime, what is it? I mean, I always fall back to what I think this should be the whole time, which is a, uh, wow, I've lost the word. Play anthology show where like each season covers a different book but they keep most of the same cast and just recast them as different characters oh like masterpiece theater or american horror story or there has to be a third example right <laughs> there has to BBC. be a third yeah, Any, anything on the bbc i already said masterpiece theater but yeah well, something like that so like they can't have as many actors in england though i mean they, they're a lot smaller than america so like yeah, same same actor plays Freythan and Ham and um Dalinar. Brock or oh, Rock. Dalinar. Yeah. Just whoever whoever the biggest musliest dude is. I did cast the Rock as Ham. Yeah, and I was at that point saving the Rock for Rock. But then you switched him to Ganondorf. Yep. And now Dwayne Johnson is out of work. Unfortunately. He had yeah, a good career, but, but sadly it's over now. Speaking of, I should watch Moana this week. Uh, so I would be, I would be remiss in my duties as a host if I didn't stand in for Craig here and point out how freaking adorable Steris is in this chapter. Holy crap! I mean, 
why should you do it when I can just do it? Because you're not what? here. Oh, okay. Sorry. Bye, guys. It, you weren't introduced or anything, but Craig's here, so he can talk about how cute Steris is in this scene. Dude, I'll be honest. This series of chapters, I don't even know what chapter you guys are currently on. Cause I just uh, we're on chapter know. eight. So this would be Steris just shot herself off the train. Wax yep. goes to save her. Yep. She's giddy at being saved and being part of the action and flying through the air. This this right here, guys, is the moment where Steris becomes best girl. Like before that, there was potential. It was there. But here's where I'm like, oh, man, Steris is so good. She's so well written, guys, like magnificent. And Wax even like calls her on it. Like, you're not supposed to be happy about this. You're supposed to be serious. Yeah, well, yeah, because she's not yeah. always serious. Little little play for playful banter. It's good. It's happening, it's guys. Good stuff. It's happening. As these chapters progressed this week, it became obvious how socially awkward Wax actually is. So it's kind of funny because Steris is getting more comfortable and Wax is getting more awkward. <laughs> so I think they'll be in the middle somewhere. Also, there's some kind of thing about Marasi used her powers and uh, something about a bubbly cork. Because it's like a time bubble and she said it'll pop like a cork if something something happens and something. I don't remember. Do you remember why I wrote this bullet point? I actually don't, and for the first time in a really long time, I, I'm caught up on the reading. So, nope, no clue. All right, I guess we'll just have to leave it and go on to Chapter 9 when you're ready. I'm always ready, Dave. That's my secret. Wax his bloody hand forehead. Tell me this guy isn't Don Knott. Don never heard of the cane guy? Not Donnie the Little Kid, I meant Don Knott. So that's where Wayne was. All right, so they arrive at town. And it's basically Mayberry, and this is Don Knotts, <laughs> Barney Fife, if you will. Uh, he's like, well, gee willikers, Wax, you sure did get here just in the nick of time. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Accurate. Uh, so if he's Don Knotts, who's Ron Howard? If he's not Ron Howard, who's Clint Howard? Who's Clint Eastwood? Wax. The end. First base. And and we were all worried sick about Wayne. You thought that he was with the bad guys, but it turns out he was just making out with Milan. And they didn't hear all of the gunfire because they were preoccupied and in a luggage compartment close to the wheels of the train and making a lot of noise. Snogging is is noisy. Also, um, yep. Also, over. <laughs> he he wasn't making out. Moving with on. He's getting over Renette. <laughs> well, to be fair, since Milad's a conjurer, she might actually hear through her mouth. So that would explain why she didn't hear anything. And also, they were down right next to the tracks, where it's the noisiest possible place. You know, Dave brings up a good point. How do conjurers listen? Because the ears might just be useless. I think no. Dave brings up a good point, guys. No, they have to, like, they have ears formed to hear with. Can they hear when they don't have ears? I think they like, can put an ear wherever they want. I feel like Hero of Ages solved this and explained it, and I don't remember. I, I could believe <laughs> that. Like, Tensoon oh, yeah, definitely... <laughs> or, sir, you're a boy conjurer. I can tell. And I can tell that you're definitely or, sir, and not some other conjurer. I'm just thinking back to um, Hero of Ages when Tensoon was deboned and put in the pit, 
Like yeah, in he order... was a puddle of goo, and I'm pretty sure he could still hear things. He couldn't talk yeah. until they gave no, him. No, he felt vibrations. I thought. I thought he specifically couldn't hear. But why couldn't he interpret vibrations as vocalization? I don't. I don't see. Yeah, I mean, I mean you could, do could but it's hard to do. He's really good. He's like He's the really best Andre. He's not really good at anyway. I think the point is they can form an ear everywhere, anywhere, but... Everywhere, dude. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Dude, it's all ears. The ear doesn't have <laughs> any bones in it, so like... Or at least the oh, outer the, structure the, of the ear. Yeah, the inner ear that you hear with has tiny bones in it. But presumably, Chondra can make cartilage, and that would do in a pinch. Also, Kig sounds really racist. I'm gonna have to think about this Chondra hearing thing. I'll get back to you. Maybe next week. All right. Well, or that's one not. mystery solved. There's still half of chapter nine to go. All right. Uh, you have ten minutes to move your cube. Milan ate a teenage girl's heart. Oh, was that Gosh? Yeah, I think the girl's name was Gosh. Sorry, Gosh was in bad taste. I was at least expecting like a groan or something. Anyway, uh, Wax is weird about Wayne making out with a Chandra, but come on, dude, you married one. This adventure oh, is too soon, too soon, man. It's been six months. He didn't know at the time. <laughs> um, yeah, he didn't know at the time, but he's had time. To, I don't know. Maybe it's different because Wayne knows that Milan is a Chandra. Uh, this adventure is so exciting. Steris has got pins and needles. And the most important bullet point of the chapter, Wayne does the voices when he reads, just like me. You are secretly Wayne's son. Wayneson. Wayneson. That's why I call Milan me mom. Wait, I mean, we're not going to get into all that. All right. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't oh, like no, that no. at all. Didn't I already? I may, I may edit that out. Edit what out? The words that you said that I did not care for. Those may go away. Uh, okay. But probably not because future me is pretty lazy. I don't really know what I said that was that. Anyway, um... I did actually posit at some point in Era 1, I'm pretty sure I guessed that somebody was half Chandra. I knew a lot less about Chandra back then, so it maybe would have made more sense with no context. But anyway, uh, Chapter 10? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now they arrive in town. Uh, oh, so we've got a broadsheet to start off with. The And if you if you put both sides of the broadsheet together, the one from chapter whatever had the first half the left half you can see the name of the broadsheet is the new ascendancy all right uh so i've got two notes on the broadsheet having the has says at a metal and that's a good question i believe i've also asked this question though in slightly different words we had atm and we had lorazium so the metals were named after the shard bearers not the shards themselves and now we have harmony who holds two shards Harmony or Sazed. So, is there a third metal that is Sazed's body, or is is it just a naming convention to use the shard holder? And really, the god medals are based on the shards themselves, not on the holders. Those are all oh. excellent questions. Do you know the answers? Some. Hmm. So, and and you can infer that we get those answers in this book because this is the last second to last Mistborn thing we have currently. The other one's a secret. Yeah. History. Yeah. Secret to every's history. <laughs> All right. And then uh, what device does Nikki Savage talking about? 
So she's referring to like she freed up a hand to grab the device after burning her cadmium. So first of all, she's burning cadmium. Wouldn't she be reaching for her assailant to deplete their metal reserves? Then I go back to like the first half of the Nikki Savage story and they're on a gondola. And she talking about she actually uses the word device to refer to some green thing that is emitting a light on to her assailant. I have no idea what's going on, but the word device just kind of jumped out at me because of the cube thing and because of Nikki Savage is already connected to CAD or to uh, CAD. Not, oh gosh, I said cadmium twice. This metal. It's not nicrosil. It's the base metal of nicrosil. I hope oh, man. Craig or Tori are pulling something. up a, a metal chart because I'm not going to. What, what do you need to know? What's the question? Whatever what metal, metal what, Dave is trying to What does Nikki Savage burn? Chromium. Chromium. I knew it. I, I had to see. Yeah, so... Titany tummy tum. Titany tummy tum. Uh, I do have something to say about Nikki Savage later on for after we wrap up. Well, this is the wrap-up of the broadsheet, so... I mean, I guess I could read it now. I was checking a look at the copper mine on Nikki Savage, and they said there might be a future novella by Isaac Stewart uh, about Nikki Savage that will also include Naz as a character, maybe as an antagonist. Um, Ooh, and then cool. there's also an actress who plays Vin on stage may also be in that short story. So that would be funny. It's, it's, <laughs> it's all I it's can Ember think of. Is players that's all I can think of, dude. Ember <laughs> Island. Oh, the avatars in the iceberg. Oh, all our hopes have come to fruition. I don't really sound like that, do I? All right. <laughs> what a great episode. It's like you can get a clip show or you can get Ember Island players. Ember Island players, please. And it a actually progresses a lot of the character plots, too. Like, you get to see Zuko's self-reflection. You get to see Aang and his feelings for Katara developing. Like, anyway. um. But so Nikki Savage. Oh, so if it's not uh, if Isaac Newton writes the book, then are we going to cover it in the podcast or are we only covering Brandon Sanderson books? Are we covering all Cosmere content or just all Cosmere content written by Brandon? Cosmere. Interesting. Is there anything currently on the diagram written by someone other than Brandon Sanderson? No. Well, I was going to say because of the um Haldane stuff, White Sands, it's well, based on Brandon, but he didn't write it. Oh. So it's whatever is in the Cosmere what counts. Whatever is canon to the Cosmere. But the latest um, State of the Sanderson mentioned that Brandon was going to start like branching out into letting other people write things in the Cosmere that he had like a, a lot of oversight over. Because there's just, there's so much he wants to get done, and he's a human man who only lives for so long. I think Brandon determined that He's sort of restricted on what he can write about. Like the stories we have, the planets that we see are sort of it. Like it's very hard for him to introduce any new because he has no time to work on it now. Like he has his schedule set so that way he can retire at a reasonable age unless he decides to keep writing. But uh, yeah, and let's not forget the arithmetist and Skyward also still exists. Yeah, all the other side <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I mean, Skyward's already like. That has an ending. Like he's he's got that already worked out. Four I, books. I do need to pick up Starsight. Although I I need to finish um I need to finish Morgan Freeman book. 
as well. I I saved the last story since it's the longest one for when I actually want to set aside enough time to read the whole thing. Maybe soon. And then there's also Alcatraz versus the Evil Needs. Librarians, which should get one more I, book to finish wait, it off. I actually bought that book. <laughs> and then, you know, whatever other side projects he decides to do that aren't Cosmere, because, you know, even jumping around in the Cosmere, he needs a break. All right. Well, let's end this break and move on to Chapter 10 proper. Yes, please. <laughs> All right. So, um, Wax and the gang arrive in Zora's domain. Oh, guys. Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> I have a riddle for you. Wax needs to steel push Wayne, Steris, and Milan across New Saran to get to the hotel. He can only carry one person at a time. If you leave Steris and Wayne alone together, they will kill each other. If you leave Wayne and Milan alone together, she'll eat him. So tell me, why does the farmer need to get a fox across the river, and why does he even own one to begin with? That's and a good question. <laughs> why is he only carrying one cabbage? It's weird. And why he, You're telling me that he's got enough room on his boat for a fox, but he can't carry a chicken and seed together? Or cabbage or whatever variation of the puzzle? Yeah, but if he does that, the fox will run off, because who's going who's gonna to watch the fox? <laughs> he can leave the fox alone, and he can leave the fox with the cabbage or seed or... <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting from a puzzle standpoint, but the story behind the puzzle just doesn't make any sense. Maybe if yeah. he had like a pet dog or something. The gameplay of the of the riddle is good, <laughs> but the the lore is questionable. Yeah. Also, that puzzle was totally in Professor Layton. All right. Well, what's the answer? The I ship actually... of Theseus. Is yep, that actually is. the title of the puzzle? No, it's a completely no. different thought experiment. I thought the title of the puzzle was chicken, fox, and seed, or whatever. <laughs> and corn, whatever chickens eat, I don't know. Uh, so if you have um, any ideas on how to solve Wax's dilemma here, we'd love to hear them in our Discord server. And if you're not already in our Discord server, you can find a Discord invite at patreon.com slash cast. There is no financial obligation to join our Discord server. You will get extra perks, and we will appreciate any patrons but if you just want to join a discussion on our discord server you just have to click on the patreon link do not have to sign up and you should join the discord we there's a lot more going on there than than you get in the episodes i think we definitely need a topic discussing the solutions for how does wax get all three across <laughs> new sir this this is our riddle i like it and um also if you're going to Try to pull some shenanigans with Marasi. She's already at the hotel and sleeping, so she she can't help. Is she at the hotel and sleeping already? Because I feel like she's awake and doing in, stuff in the in rest the of puzzle chapter. universe. She is, or maybe she's she maybe she's off uh, following the newspaper. No, 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 no. And I, I would I, like I to talk about. Stifle. I don't think we should stifle discussion. I think if people can come up with a clever solution using Marasi's power, they totally should. Patreon.com slash CosmereCast. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on this. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Um, so I, deci I decided to look up this riddle, you know, the, the chicken version, the classic variation. And I got to a riddle website. And here's a another riddle for all you guys at home. What has one foot on each side and one in the middle? And I apologize in advance if you're European. Patreon.com slash... Okay, uh, you get it. All right, um, we get it, Wax. You like guns. How many firearm metaphors are you going to use to describe culture? 
Farthing Mansion hit by the Mafia, because the symbol, their symbol is called a Ma, which looks like one of the numbers, but I couldn't figure out which one. I didn't care enough to figure out which one it was. I'm an eight, Manton. I'm an eight, eight, Manton. I'm an eight, Manton. I don't feel safe in this world no more. I don't want to die in a nuclear war. I want to sail away to a distant shore and live like an ape mountain. Doobie 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 doo. Shabapata ba ba boom. That's a kink song that I'm pretty sure they named after this criminal that shows up in the newspaper for attacking Farthing Mansion. Yeah, sounds legit. You I, get the spike. <laughs> I, I thought you were doing something from the Planet of the Apes episode of The Simpsons. Where it's a musical. Oh, Ooh, help me, Dr. Zayas. That one? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was Kink Song. Okay. That well predates The Simpsons. All right. Uh, all right. You get the spike. I'll get the suit. Next scene. And we'll each get a suite. This hotel check in scene is like something straight out of Arrested Development. And I've already gone ahead and cast all of the characters in this scene as. Arrested Development characters. So Wax is George Bluth because he's like spending all of his time looking around looking for an escape route. Wayne is Job because he's being kind of like uh, sleazy and trying to like steal stuff. Steris is Lindsay Bluth. So he's just trying to be like explain, be really weird about explaining how everything is normal. And then we have Marasi, who's obviously Michael Bluth, played by Jason Bateman. And she's the straight man of the family, and she's the one that has to try to interact with people of the real world and help them cope with the nonsense that is happening. Milan is Tobias Funke because she just pops on the scene half naked talking about how what part she's going to play as an actress. And then Aunt and Jane she's blue. is... Don't forget that she's, she's blue. blue. <laughs> I imagine like blue handprints all over the hotel after this scene. <laughs> and then Aunt Jane uh, is Lucille too. Lucille Ostero, played by uh, Garland, to Dorothy's daughter. The heck's her name? Who's Judy Garland's daughter's name? Thelma? No. Oh, snap. I don't know. I want to look it up for time's sake, but... I mean, Craig or Tori could do that. I've got Are too many things. You talking about Liza over. Minnelli? Yes, Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Aunt Jen is Lucille too, played by Liza Minnelli. All right, so we got punchy, punchy, stabby, stabby, shooty, shooty, wacky, wackiness to ensue in next week's chapters. Uh, so this is half of my favorite scene in this book and the Cosmere. This this beats Wait, out. Really? I pooped my shard plate. Nice. It was wow. really good. It doesn't beat it by this. much, but but it it does beat it. Yes. I love the I fact that, that. I, I Maras has to like try to make it seem like everybody's normal. <laughs> and they're yeah. over here with her notebook. The comparison like, of Maris in detailed to... notes to explain how we're how normal we are. <laughs> yes. Here's the... everything that could go wrong. Here the... you go. The Marisi to Jason Bateman comparison is exactly perfect. Because, like, she thinks she's the normal one, she presents as the normal one, and then she comes in with some weird nonsense at the end. <laughs> Which was? Uh, she wanted a list of gravediggers. Oh, yeah. 
We still don't know what uh, she and Wayne are going to be doing at the graveyard, but I guess we'll find out in next week's chapters. Uh, so first half of the scene, they arrive in New Saran, which I would love to see New Saran for myself. With all the beautiful waterfalls and tears and everything. I always loved Zora's Domain, too, like as a kid in Ocarina of Time. That's my favorite place. I would just like go there and just like sit there and enjoy the music and the scenery in Zora's Domain. It's really nice in Breath of the Wild, too. It's really cool. Although it's not like tucked away in a cove in Breath of the Wild, which is fine. Neither is New Saran. It's gorgeous in Breath of the Wild, but like actually getting there the way the game intends you to is such a pain in the butt that like once I'm there, I don't appreciate it. I'm just I'm just happy that I'm done with the nonsense. All of those electric keys. <laughs> okay. So whatever. Um so we find out there about this guy Ape Manton who what is a uh, criminal from the roughs who really really hates Metalborn. So he's probably not working with Mr. Suit to breed Metalborn or make hemolurgy or whatever. And then it's almost like someone is purposely trying to distract Wax with side quests at this point. I'm like, oh, here's this train robber. Here's this gang who never did anything as crazy as rob a train. Well, Wax is there. Well, let's let's do this. Let's try to sidetrack him on chasing down these robbers. And then, oh, this criminal, an old an old nemesis of Wax's, is here in New Saran. Someone's definitely setting up to distract Wax, is all I'm saying. But who? And the other thing, I guess that's it for the chapters. But uh, one thing I wanted to touch up on was this cube device. And it is apparently uh, very much like burning chromium. And Wax even says it felt the same as if someone were burning chromium, but nobody touched me. So it's either like some kind of, it's got, somehow can use the powers of at least chromium, possibly other metals, at a range. Uh, so that's kind of weird. It could be that they're using the ferrochemical power of identity to store the chromium here. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It is kind of weird. Although the train robbers were the only ones shown to have this device up to this point, I think. So we'll see if it makes a comeback in uh, Wax's next side quest distraction. Anybody else? No, I feel like we pretty well covered what happened. The important thing is the uh, the hotel scene. <laughs> it was really funny. I was watch. I was just like reading it, and I was like, "This this scene is like a cartoon." And then I was like, "No, this scene is like Arrested Development, which is basically a live action cartoon." So in the book, everything happens like one after another. In in like a TV show or cartoon or whatever, this same scene. Everything should be happening at once. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not, you know, one person talks and then one person talks and windows are getting blown out. And, like, it's not concurrent. It's all together at the same time. It has to be. Like, that's <laughs> that's by far the funniest way to do it. Yeah, and it reminds me of when Kaladin was doing the shard blade training and... um Glass's brother was jumping off the roof in his shard plate. Yes. <laughs> Just like kind of in the background, constantly thump, like while there's a serious conversation happening in the foreground. Yep. Jumping headfirst off a building, getting up, running back up, doing it again. 
Renarin. That's Glasses Brothers' real name. Yeah. But he don't wear glasses no more. Nope. No more glasses. But yeah, this is this is half of my favorite scene in this book and the comic. You mean half of do you mean to say half of this chapter is your favorite scene? No. Oh, is the rest of the scene gonna happen in the next chapter? I don't remember when it happens, but there is there is a part two of this okay. scene. <laughs> so look forward to that. I sure do. Uh, all right. Anybody got anything for Dave, or shall we spoilery time? Spoilery time. Let's spoil Dave. All right, Dave. I was left out in the sun. Uh, you want to know what the suit's been up to? Like what their whole plan has been since Alloy of Law? Because we could talk about that. I mean, I'm sure it has something to do with hemolurgy and ferrochemical identity. So I, I pretty much got it. Okay. So you know, there's no no need to talk about it. I already know. That days in the now. I mean, the big important takeaway here is that Wax's theory of breeding alamancers is wrong, has been wrong from the beginning, and he he never really puts it down. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, they could have a lot of coin shots. What if they made steel ferrucamus and breeded them with steel alamancers? After 16 generations, they're going to have a super army. It's sooner than that, my friend. It's sooner than Bye. Bye, Dave. Bye. Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. All right. Spoiler time. Spoiler time. So, at this point, the set has completely given up on the making an Inquisitor plan, because they've got better stuff available to them, i.e. Southern Scadrian technology. Toys, if only they can find these bands of mourning. They would also like those, yes. Did they actually abandon the make an Alamancer, though? Yeah, they haven't... They still have the people kidnapped, don't they? Well, presumably they didn't keep them very long, because, you know, heme allergy. Yeah. Um, but, no, they've they've stopped kidnapping people. Like it's it's possible that various members of the set have have already been spiked. I don't know. We don't ever really get any sort of conclusion on you that. You know, what's sort of interesting is if they had stopped, like maybe in the middle of the whole va- Vanishers thing in Alloy of Law, Wax would not have been involved, and they probably would have gotten away with it easily. If it weren't for you meddling kids and your dog, um, but yeah, they're what they're doing now is uh, trying to make use of Southern Scadrian technology, which is entirely based on Etmetal, or rather the some of it's based on Etmetal. Some of it is based on um, ferrochemical advancements of making identityless metal mines. But I don't oh, think we'll, the set... We'll get some on-screen appearance of Etmetal. Yeah. I don't think the set cares as much about the identity-free metal mines. I think... Right. I think they care about, you know, flying machines and allomancy grenades. Like, those those have actual practical criminal usage. <laughs> practical and criminal usage. The important things in life. I mean, they're a criminal organization. Like, if they so, just ran a factory that made little models of factories, then, like, that would be exciting. My impression, at least in the, these three books, is that the set were planning very long term. 
Like originally, they were trying to breed an Alamancer or create one through Hemalurgy. Hemalurgy, um, not breeding. Breeding was never the thing. That's just Wax's. That's just Wax's theory before he understood. The point is, no, it's Wax's theory forever. He still got it in this book. He never lets <laughs> it go. Okay, okay. Point is, they always seem to be planning something for the future. They were always taking steps so that way they would be in power a hundred years in the future or something like that. Like. Everything seems to imply, don't worry about us right now. But Wax is like, no, I need to shut you down now. And I think in this book especially, he gets completely sidetracked by everything they're doing. Like, it's like there's a choice. He can either do the short term, like whatever the certain crime that he's here to solve is, or he can go after the set. And he chooses to go after the set. Right. And it's very much Uncle Suit throwing stuff at him. Like, he extremely arranged all of this as, like, to distract Wax to get him out of his hair. Yeah, exactly. And he... when I say when I say Uncle Suit, I also mean Sister Suit and almost certainly at this point, leader of the set, Aunt Suit. So that's your prediction, huh? I mean, gotta be, right? We've basically seen everybody else. It's this whole family. But yeah, I, I guess the big question I have for you guys, though... Should the set be stopped? Like, is this just people trying to throw Wax off? Or is it legit that Wax is getting distracted and this is harmful? I mean, what is Wax getting distracted from? Normal crimes. Okay, there are... I know, there's actual police. Like, there are plenty of other people that can deal with that. Nobody else else cares about the set. Right. I'm absolutely on board of, we gotta do something about the set. Like, they're up to no good... They need to be stopped. So I'm on board that train. So don't, I'm not disagreeing with that. But it it does bring up this whole thing that other people might have a different interpretation of. Like, maybe Wax is getting distracted. This isn't what, you know, Harmony wanted or... or Is the set an offshoot of the Ghostbloods? Mm. Oof. Like, I feel like if they were a mainline Ghostblood thing, then they wouldn't be bothering with Bands of Mourning because Kelsey Aldi knows right. about it. And, you know, would have told them, just, like, leave it alone, it's fine. But they could be a splinter organization that learned what they could from the yeah. ghost blood and then decide to go do their own thing. Yeah, what if? I don't know, I feel like if that's the case, though, Kelsier would be able to take care of them a lot more efficiently. Unless something happened to Kelsier and he's just not around on the planet anymore. Maybe he finally figured out how to leave. I don't know, maybe? I just, I just feel like Kelsier would be much more efficient about making sure something like this doesn't pop up. Yeah. I mean, he definitely wouldn't be on board with, like, kidnapping. But they were kidnapping nobles, and he likely still has a bit of a sore spot there. True. Hmm. And he has been a Cognum Shadow for 300 years now, which, in the spam of the Cosmere, isn't very long. We've already seen the Return, who can be just as long. Vasher, for example, is even older. Um, and while he's a, a little crazy, he's not, like, he can't operate in society crazy well yeah well i mean vasher seems to be as well put together as anybody can be at like after that amount of time yeah which brings me back to a case that i made in the latest episode that got released which is that kelsier doesn't need to talk to uh collect he needs to talk to vasher yeah okay yeah i think that's a good plan yeah well how much does vasher actually understand about connection though Maybe, oh, well, it's not about connection, though, because 
That would that would be Ishar. Ishar. Well, Ishar is not to be trusted. Yep. But I mean, so Vasher is a cognitive shadow. A has been around longer than Kelsier. B is a scholar, and this is the important bit. C is a scholar, learns things, knows things, understands things, has studied investiture. But counterpoint, he's technically nobility. I mean, maybe. I, Who was he before he got before he returned? From Kelsier's perspective, though, he might be like, I don't want to talk to that dude. Okay, well, but I guess... from that same perspective, Kelsier is also nobility. Yeah, I don't think he considers himself that, though. So I'm just throwing a wrench into works. I, yeah. I don't actually disagree. That yeah. He should absolutely talk to Vasher based on the actions of the Ghostbloods. I mean, that that should be who he's trying to get a hold of instead of Kalek, because... I, I want to know what's going through Kelsier's head, like, at the time of Stormlight Archives. Oh, which is shortly, a single spike. Which is shortly after the events in Secret History and what he's done to save the Southern Scadrons. As far as we can tell... Stormlight Archives takes place sometime after Mistborn Era 1. But, but we have 300 Mistborn years to work with here, so who knows how far after. Yeah. I assumed it was a lot closer to uh, Era 2 than Era 1. Mm, interesting. I always assumed it was close to Era 1 than Era 2. I, I would have to base it on... Because we do get some, some writings from Sezed in Stormlight Archives. I have to review them, but it sounds like... He's he's getting a handle on his powers at that time. I mean, he sort of still is in Era yeah, 2, which brings me back to, you know, Sazed attempting to recruit Wax. Doesn't he mention in in his letter that he's searching for his sword or something like that? The person that act as his sword? I don't remember that. I thought there was some mention of, like, of, of maybe an oblique re mention of Trell, but it's been a while since I've looked at it, so I'm... Almost certainly misremembering. Anyway, stuff in so this. Dave's pretty close, huh? On yeah, on what the grenade, the alimantic grenade is. Yes. The points. I if he mentioned that and it was like an exam, I'd give him credit. I'd be like, all right, he sort of has a good idea, and he didn't even study the material. He doesn't know the answer yet. All right. Uh, what would other metals do in that grenade? I, I mean, so, I think it's, iron. it's very similar. It acts to whatever the metal is. So, for example, if right. you have steel or iron, it would act as either a reverse magnet or a magnet. Right. So that one's pretty clear. Emotional um, allomancy would be interesting. I think I rioters would riot all of the emotions because I don't think you can fine-tune it. Like, I think all emotions would be ramped up. Yeah, I think so, too. And soothing would be the opposite. You'd feel like a dead-end calm. Which actually could be useful as an elementic grenade. Ooh, that would be that would be really useful to put down riots. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Like just, just suddenly calm things down. Yeah. Um, I I'm sure you can get a copper cloud, like a movable copper cloud. I think the big question is how long it would last, though. Um, because if it just uses all the reserves at once, it's not a very useful copper cloud. Yeah. But if it just takes time to go through the metal, then maybe. I think we've only seen it with two metals, um, which is aluminum and or... Chromium? Yeah. And then I think Wax uses one with steel. Right. But he wasn't able to load very much into it, so it was just sort of a one-and-done push. Yeah. But we don't have any way of knowing if it, if it just like used everything in it at once and that's how it's designed or there just wasn't enough in it to keep going for very long 
Okay, we need some experimentations with this stuff. You How know what? Gold. I would totally love a book with just Alimantic experiments. Like, I would just... I, I think Dave would also enjoy that, too. Like, if we just had experimentations of different things, what happens when this you do this? Like, I would love that. How about a gold grenade, though? You just you toss it out, and then everybody has a few minutes of introspection about, well, what if I had done that differently? What it affect? So, gold is an internal temporal metal. So, would you see your own past, or would you see nothing? I would assume that it would work like everybody in whatever area acts as though they are burning gold. It's the only way it would make sense. Like, it either does well, that or it does nothing. The grenade... Okay, hold on, actually. I, I think I need to review this, because is the grenade thrown at wax? If that's aluminum, then absolutely that's how it works, because it's, it's acting as if everyone is burning it, because it would be aluminum. Right. If it's a chromium grenade, then it's acting as if a leecher is throwing it, and I believe this is primed by a leecher. I think they, they talk about that in the future. So I think it's a chromium grenade, not an aluminum grenade. So it's acting as if the grenade itself is the one burning the metal. So you don't so, want a gold. You so want... a gold grenade would do nothing. Right. You want... Is it... It would make no, the grenade... Not... It would make the grenade see itself as though it had made a different <laughs> choice. Right. That's nothing. <laughs> Dude, except talk to um, Shy. She makes walls see themselves as something different. <laughs> it yeah, but, happens. But, like, why would you... Why would you load that into a grenade? I don't know. Um, so yeah, I, th I think that's what you're looking for. It's not. It's not. So what is it? Gold, electrum. So it's not neither of those. Well, electrum. Lets I think you, it's malatium. Electrum but... lets you see your own future. So yeah, that's it's not. The... That's also not a thing. Right. That's like, what I mean. It, those are the similar. I'm just trying to remember what the metals are. You throw the um, grenade with electrum, and it's like, well, I'm gonna bounce here and here and here, and then I'm just gonna settle, and I'm gonna be there for a little bit. Yep, that's my future. Oh, that guy could kick me, but he's not gonna. So what what sort of bothers me is that when I look at gold and Electrum, so the people who originally read Error 1 Mistborn, like, they were trying to figure out what the different, like, originally, we're talking like book one, trying to figure out what Malatium would do. And, like, the people who are really perceptive, they figured out that Atium and Malatium don't quite fit. Which always felt weird to me because it's it seemed like it was very appropriate as a response to gold and electrum. Like it it felt like that fit in the quadrant. But now present me has realized that what gold and electrum are actually doing is it's looking at identity. Like that's just what it does. It's looking at your past. So it's it's a little bit weird. Gold is looking at your identity from a certain focal point in the past if you had made a different choice. And what yeah, that identity would now be. It just Electrum. sort of highlights what would have happened if, like, the most important choice you've made in the past yeah. went went a different way. Right. And elect Electrum, I guess... It looks, I at, guess it, would be... it looks at the choices you're actively making right now. And, okay. and what those could lead to. Sure. If, so... if, we're, if we're making them, like, sound similar, like, if we're wording them similarly, yeah. then it would be that. So, Malatium is looking at someone else's identity given the same exact thing as gold, which is a certain focal point, a key choice that they made in the past. So the point is that ATM has always been about identity, and we just didn't realize it at the time. 
and now we have you know Bendeloy and um, cadmium, cadmium. Thank you. Uh, which are actual, which are actual temporal metal. Like yeah. they don't have anything to do with identity. They are actually messing with time. In which case, I feel that Golden Electrum no longer fit with those two. Like it's still weird to me to group them together. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like maybe we're missing something here, and 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 maybe that's the intention. I don't know, but or to me. Maybe the categorization is incorrect, because mm. if you remember, Dave, uh, when he was putting together his first metal list, like, broke things up into half and half and half. Yeah. Instead but of... But I think it's still appropriate. That, that I think, is still correct. Right. Instead of the, the official, air quotes, of half and half and quarters. Okay. So, men or not mental, physical, um, pushing, pulling... Internal, external, and then two more half and halves. Right. Instead of the the quadrants of physical, mental, temporal. It could be spiritual and cognitive, like the two different realms, dealing with the cognitive realm versus dealing with the spiritual realm. Then what's the what's the fourth bit? Or no, there wouldn't. Yeah, no, we'd still need another. No, because we have physical. There's a lot of physical metals like iron. Okay, and, physical and cognitive. Working. Is is one half split? Okay, right, right. But then, what's what's the other half split? No, cognitive and spiritual. That's the half. Half is cognitive, half is spiritual. No, 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 no. Physical cognitive is is the split. You can't use cognitive twice in these made up rules that we're making up. I'm not using cognitive twice. I'm saying physical isn't the thing. I'm 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 xing out physical. I think it's just cognitive. Well, then like that when doesn't... you're messing with steel. That doesn't You're make sense because we with... have explicitly physical things like tin, pewter, iron, steel. And I'm saying that they are messing with stuff in the cognitive realm. We just don't realize it. They they are operating on the cognitive plane. So I burn pewter, I get stronger because I think I get stronger? Yeah, it's your identity. It's exactly. You heal better. And you're stronger. It's your identity of how you're perceiving yourself. Absolutely. Huh. And then iron and steel would just change how metal thinks about you, maybe? Sort of. It it seems like it's it's operating under the condition that something is magnetic and it's feeling a pull towards it. Oh, it's not purely magnetic, though. Yeah, I know. It's But it's sort of like how Kaladin thinks of gravity he's he's changing the direction of gravity for himself and those that he touches it's hmm. it's an identity principle hmm. this is interesting okay but then what's our what's our other half split spiritual going right spiritual and cognitive is one half split internal no, no. external push pull i'm 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 putting a line between cognitive and spiritual that's what i'm doing yes we need a fourth half half we have three so far. We need four. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. You want another half-half. Yeah. So that way we have four halves, which is one in 16. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't even know where I to begin nothing. to start on this, except using the Dawn Shards as our as our sort of Ooh, guide. Yeah. But the only Dawn Shard we have is Change. And right. I don't know what or how that would, like, what metals would count for that. And what would like, I think would be anything that operates against identity. I think the problem is that we're okay. Hold on, uh, m- maybe I'm, okay, I'm going to throw wait. this out here. I'm going to throw this out here. What if 
it has nothing to do with splitting everything into these different halves, pull, pull, push, pull, external, internal, whatever, whatever. What if all these different metals are just operating, like you said, based on some Dawn shard? So therefore, they're operating under some fundamental principle of the Cosmere. So you have some metals that mess with connection. You have some metals that mess with identity. You have some metals that mess with fortune. And I don't know what the fourth one is, but there you go. Change. I had a thought. I had yep. a thought. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so we've got push and pull, internal, external, spiritual, and cognitive, ruin and preservation. So some of the metals would be ruin and some would be preservation? Maybe. I don't know. They did They did work together to create the planet. Hmm. Hmm, I say. Yeah, I don't know. I sort of want to bring Dave into this discussion. So when we're done Secret History, I want to revisit. Okay. When when Mike said, Dawn Shard, change, I was like, what are synonyms for change? Okay, so I'm reasonably certain that the the four Dawn Shards represent like a quarter of the 16 Shards in some way, right? I, I could buy that because they, that's what they were used to break Adonalsium into these different chunks. I think he's broken in the four and then each of the Dawn Shards were, were split. Yes, I'm agreeing with you. Or like it in some way, like these could represent, you know, halves and halves and halves and halves of like just a simple, you know, yes, no, binary, this Dawn Shard, yes or no, right? Like one of the 16 right. is yes to all four Dawn Shards. One of the 16 is no to all four Dawn Shards, right? So you're seeing them as flag. Yeah. Um, not sure. Or if, if, if it's just each shard is associated with one of the Dawn Shards. So Ruin, that's, for example, would be a dead ringer for chain. That's the um, other, like, the other way is just breaking them up into quadrants, but I don't like that as much because we're also, I also want to, like, tie this into the, you know, the, the Alimantic Metal chart. Okay. Because... As far as I know, Brandon came up with both of them at about the same time. It makes sense that they'd be that we could use one to theorize about the other and back. But I don't have time to do any of that because I need to go. Well, okay. I, th- I definitely think it has some merit. I think we got to think about this more. And I, w- yeah. I want to bring Dave into this, but the uh, Dawn Shard discussion will have to wait. Right. I don't want oh. it to. I want to bring. I want Dave to have read everything, and I also <laughs> want Dave to be a new reader. I. I need. We need a. I would like two Daves. I would like us to split Dave into two Daves. Dude, the world can't handle two Daves. Anyway, I gotta go. Okay, bye. So, bye, bye everybody. Internet. Good night, Internet. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.